Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Josh Centers from Tidbits, where he's managing editor. We'll also hear from Peter Cohen from iMore. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Okay, we have Josh Centers joining us after he got his MacBook Pro fixed, or is it a MacBook? <laughs> yeah, my MacBook had an issue, had to have the logic board replaced. It would play audio through the through the headphones, but it wouldn't play it through the speakers. And when I unplugged the headphones, it was stuck on digital out. So yeah, it was just apparently just a bad logic board in the Apple world. And uh uh, yeah, so I got it fixed last week at a local Apple-authorized uh, shop and uh, back in business. Just a fast question here. Mm. Was this covered under warranty? Yeah, yeah, I have Apple Care on the, on the MacBook Pro. So that gives you a great ad for Apple Care. How long <laughs> well, have you had this particular computer? Uh, I bought it in uh, June of 2012, so it's only a couple of years old. It's got Apple Care through next year. Okay, so if you didn't buy Apple Care. You would have had to spend what five six hundred dollars to fix that. I think the flat depot repair right now is like three hundred or so. But uh, I always get the Apple Care because it, it always pays off. Well, it sure did this time. Yeah. Right now you're fifty dollars ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, glad that you're back in business. I have a 2010 MacBook Pro 17 inch as the backup computer. So if my main iMac died tomorrow. I'd not be out of business because I have backup drives and everything. Yeah. My wife has a 13-inch MacBook Pro uh, same year. I was using hers and booting from a system mirror I created in Carbon Copy Cloner, and it it worked. It was just very slow because it was working over USB 2. So it took a long time to do anything. I was very happy to get my main machine back. Oh, we're glad you're back in business. Let's look at TV. Okay. For example. Now, let me tell you a story. There's an article I did this week at TechNightOwl.com entitled, I Go to See 4K Again. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to look at a pair of 4K TVs at a local Best Buy store. Have you seen 4K yet? Yeah, I actually saw a Mac Pro with a 4K display, one of the sharp 4K displays. And, you know, honestly, I haven't been blown away by it so far. And I've also seen a couple of 4K TVs, and it just... Uh, I don't know, it just it doesn't it just blow my mind like like 1080p first like well jumping from you know 480i which is the old standard to like 720p or 1080p did it, it's just to me it's not that big of a jump but well part of it is of course that you need a TV set with a 60 inch or larger screen size to see a difference at a normal viewing distance I mean if you just stand in front of the set you'll see the difference. But one of the things they're pulling when they display these 4K sets is instead of showing you actual program material where because of action scenes and everybody moving around, you won't mm. see the distinctive difference, they show still pictures. Where you do see the difference, you see more details like in a stone outcropping in one photo I saw on a Sony TV set. You could see the difference, but it wasn't a big difference. And I imagine with normal program material, it would be almost invisible. But the TV set makers are hoping you will spend thousands of dollars more for 4K. But once again, as I said, if you view your set at a normal distance, you know, 8 or 10 feet or so, if the set has a 60-inch 
display, you'll see somewhat of a difference if it's a 50 or a 55 inch. Eh. My TV is like a 40 inch. And I'm fairly happy with that. So now I do notice a difference, even from a few feet away. I notice the difference between 720 and 1080, but it's. I mean, it is hard to tell, right? You know, between the two, you know, unless you just have a huge TV or you're viewing really up close. I mean, I, I can tell a little bit of a difference. You know, while I was working on the Apple TV book, I had the Apple TV, the third generation model, which is 1080p, had that hooked up in my office for screenshots, so I could get the the highest resolution screenshots. So I had the, the so I had the second generation hooked up in the living room, and that's 720p. And I, I definitely noticed a difference when I when I switched them out, but it wasn't like a mind-blowing difference. You know, it was like, oh, well, well the background's a little crisper. You know, the uh, I know it's a little bit more detail, but but it wasn't, you know, heck, there's a lot of people I know who still have things hooked up to their HD TVs with, uh, you know, the old RCA plugs. I don't, I don't even think most people can tell the difference, to be honest. I don't know about that. I think it would be obvious if people were shown back and forth what the differences were. They'd know about it. I really think so. Let's look at the things that you get to watch on your TV. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Because okay. I'm frequently wrong. <laughs> so am I, so. <laughs> right, and my wife says usually more often than not. Okay, so with regard to the TV streaming equipment, you've got one of these Amazon Fire TVs for review, but didn't you have a Roku? My mom had a Roku. I, I bought her one for Christmas one year, and uh, she seemed to enjoy it. About as well as she enjoys any technology. So, <laughs> okay, but you haven't had a streaming box at home. Well, I mean, I have two Apple TVs, okay, and a Chromecast, and now I have the Fire TV on top of that. At least for now. Now, the big thing about the Amazon Fire TV, other than support for Amazon services like Instant Video, is mm -hmm. the fact that you can hook up an optional gaming controller, right? Yeah, and actually, uh, they sent me one of those as well. It retails for about $40 and uh, connects via Bluetooth. And, you know, I have to say, it's it's not bad. Um, when I first saw a picture of it, I thought this is going to be terrible because most game controllers that aren't made by Sony or Microsoft are, are pretty bad. Uh, but no, it's actually, I mean, it, it's okay. It's comparable to, um, it's, it has a similar layout to the Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller. It's not quite as um, uh, sleek. It's not quite as comfortable. It doesn't feel quite as well made as those. But for the kind of games you have on the Fire TV, it works pretty well. And, you know, I mean, the it's responsive. It's not uncomfortable. It doesn't feel... Like it's going to fall apart, it, you know the the battery cover doesn't you know pop off randomly or you know you know it's it's a solidly made controller and um, the you know the, the directional pad works fine, which yeah, actually it's in that regard it's better than the 360 or the the Xbox One. Um, the you know because part of the problem with game controllers is that they're so encumbered by patents. So, uh, you know, if you ever D-pad a certain way, you have to pay Nintendo, you have to pay Sony. I'm not sure what the details in that are, but, but I think Amazon, you know, got it right. I, I wish the controller were just a little bit cheaper because it's, it's about the same price as, as a PlayStation or a Microsoft controller, and I don't think it's quite up to that level of quality. I, I, I think it would be better if it cost about mm, 30 bucks maybe instead of 40 but, you know, that's a small complaint. I mean, overall, it's, you know, for the kind of games that you have on the Fire TV, I think it works just fine. Okay, so if I'm choosing between the Roku 
or the Apple TV or a Chromecast or a Fire TV, is there a major difference other than the game controller? Hmm. Well, it depends on what your needs are. For us, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to disconnect the Fire TV this week and hook it up to my uh, monitor uh, to start writing my review of the unit. And my, I told my wife, oh, so I'm going to do that and hook up the Apple TV. And she's like, thank God, because for her, a big use um, of the Apple TV is AirPlay because she loves AirPlaying music to that. And we have it hooked up to our stereo system. Um, so if I mean, if you're really embedded in the Apple ecosystem, like you've bought a lot of movies through iTunes, uh, you, you have a bunch of iOS devices that you can use AirPlay through. I think the Apple TV is probably your best choice. But um, if you're... Uh, if you prefer Amazon's stuff, um, I, I think the I think the Fire TV is a really good choice. The Roku, I'm not quite sure where the Roku fits in because the uh, you know a lot of people prefer the Roku and, and it does have a lot of neat apps on it and stuff and it has you know it's it's a fairly open architecture. But um, you know the Fire TV has a lot has a lot of great apps has uh, cloud integration. Uh, one thing the Fire TV is lacking, and I'll is, tell you what, let's find out. What the okay. Fire TV is lacking in our next segment. Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. 
That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Josh Centers, he's managing editor of Tidbits, and we're talking about the Amazon Fire TV. And I think you stopped at a point here where you're mentioning something it lacks. Was that the point? Yeah. One thing that's really puzzling that the Fire TV lacks is uh, integration with Amazon uh, MP3. Like, you know, if you buy music from Amazon, in some cases, even if you buy an audio CD, they will add the MP3s to your um, your cloud collections. You know, kind of like iTunes works. So, you know, um, and you can't yet access those directly through your Fire TV, which is strange. In fact, about the only music options you have on the Fire TV are Pandora, and which is you know uh, streaming radio, and uh, Vimo, which is uh, for music videos. So that's kind of a, a strange thing to have left out. You know, some of the other things are, are good in it, like the uh, the, the Amazon uh, it has integration with the, the Amazon Cloud uh, storage for photos. Uh, which works pretty well. Um, I'm actually pretty pleased with that functionality. And, uh, you know, actually, I'm su- I was surprised, uh, back to the game controller, the games themselves aren't that bad. Um, there are some good ones on there. Uh, Badland, which which was a great game for iOS. Uh, there's a there's a game that Amazon actually developed itself called Sev Zero. And um, it's, it's sort of a combination between a, a tower defense game and a third-person shooter. And uh, it's quite a bit of fun. 
it, it definitely makes me think, you know, whenever Apple does come out with a new Apple TV, they got to have an app store. They got to have some kind of gaming support. Uh, and they have to have uh, voice control, voice search, because it, in those regards, the Fire TV makes the Apple TV look silly. I think the one thing that bothers me about the Roku, and I've got one here, a Roku 3 for review, and I haven't set it up yet. What bothers me is it has so many channels, it gets confusing. And isn't the purpose of one of these streamers to simplify the experience. But the more apps you get on them, the worse it gets. At least, you know, when you have your cable or satellite set-top box. It's one app with different functions to record the shows that you want or just switch to the shows or check what's available. It's all one app with a number of features. But when you hook up one of these streaming boxes, it's like each app is like a separate box. It gets confusing, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's one of the things that worries me about you know the potential future of TV because I'm really afraid that it's going to be Oh, well, I want to watch uh, Downton Abbey, so let me switch over to the Amazon box. Whoa, well, now I want to watch this show, so I need to switch over to the Apple box. You know, I'm afraid that every content provider is going to, is going to have their own uh, streaming box. So instead of flipping channels, I'm going to be flipping between HDMI inputs uh, between all the different boxes uh, I have, which, uh, th- I mean, that could, that could potentially get a little silly, and, and hopefully that gets sorted out. But I really hope that Apple uh, does add some sort of app store and, and they allow things like um, like Amazon, like at least an Amazon uh, video player, uh, you know, so, so, so I don't feel the need to buy all these different boxes and, and switch between them because it's it's uh, it's pretty annoying. I was thinking here week or two back on the show that maybe the answer for Apple to solve this problem and this confusion is to find a way to abstract the apps. So, mm-hmm. for example, when you right now deal with the file system on a Mac, there are complexities, but of course, what they've done on iOS is to make it invisible, which may be overcorrection. But the point being here is that when you go to one of these streaming boxes, you're looking for content, you're looking for House of Cards. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have to know that House of Cards is on Netflix. You could just say, I want House of Cards, and the product will look and say, okay, it's on Netflix. You don't have a membership. You've got to sign up. And mm-hmm. if you do have a membership, you just go there. You should not have to know which service has the show you want. You simply will search for the shows you want, have an intelligent assistant that helps you find things that you like. You like sci-fi. You like police procedurals, whatever. It looks for them, helps you find them, and you get the show. Once you have to figure out where it is, how to get it, it makes the process difficult. Maybe not for a power user like you and me, but for Mm -hmm. regular people. Yeah, I I, I agree. And that's that's something the Fire TV, I think, is going to address. It doesn't yet. For instance, I was browsing through the Amazon, the, 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 the digital store, and... It was, uh, I came across a show I wanted to watch, and I said, oh, you can watch this on Hulu Plus. I'm like, oh, cool. So I went over to Hulu. Of course, that isn't quite as seamless as, as you know, you're talking about. Of course, the one thing the Fire TV has is, is voice search, and it works really well. Like, you press a button on the remote, you say what you, you know, you tell the remote what you want to watch, and it's pretty good about figuring it out, and it'll give you a list of matches, and you just select it. The problem right now, though, is, of course, is that so far it only supports uh, Amazon's content. So if it's on Netflix, if it's on Hulu Plus, you're not going to see that from that search list. 
But they're supposedly working on that. I guess they have to deal with each content provider. I guess they have to deal with Netflix and Hulu separately. I think part of the problem with that is is all these services are worried about. They don't want to become um, dumb pipes. They don't want to just become commodities. They want to you know have actually have their brand. Like you have to go through Netflix to get this. You know they want you to know that House of Cards is a Netflix program that you have to pay for Netflix to watch. Well, that so could be put in there. But the point being sure. here is that you can have Netflix all over the place in the interface. That once you say, I want House of Cards, it says, Netflix, Netflix, all the advertising in the world, maybe even little blurbs that advise you of other Netflix content. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have to care about that in advance. You want to watch the show. Yeah, It's well, all I- about the content, not the brand. This is, of course, what the TV networks don't always realize, of course, is that you want to watch Person of Interest. It's on CBS, but who cares? You want to watch Gotham. Next year, we're going to have the Batman prequel. Commissioner Gordon and all the characters in Batman before Batman became Batman. It's going to be created by Bruno Heller, who brought you The Mentalist on CBS. It's going to be on Fox. But who cares if it's on Fox? Yeah. I don't care if it's on Fox. I want to watch the show. I want to watch Grimm about you know all these crazy supernatural goings on. It's NBC. But I don't care that it's NBC. I just want to watch the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and the the problem is the people who own these things don't really care what you want. <laughs> they care what they want, right? Well, if um, they want to keep your business, they better care because audiences for traditional TV are down, especially in the spring. If you look at the ratings for broadcasts and cable TV shows, they go down as people start looking to other stuff or maybe it's fatigue watching that show for the past 22 episodes I have had enough. Let me find some other stuff. And the cable outlets are offering you other options. We're going to have a lot more options about what's going to come from WWDC from Apple. Maybe the next Apple TV will be released there or at least talked about, especially if they're going to have an app developer kit or something. You know, a lot of exciting things are going to happen, and we'll get into that. Maybe we'll even speculate about the possibilities of an iWatch and a lot more. Our guest this week so far is Josh Centers. Later on, we'll hear from Peter Cohen. And if you want to know more of what we do, go to technightowl.com and check our site and shows to download for the past six or seven years. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network g c n so here's what happened i was placing an order online the site went down it took hours before it returned but i had already placed the order with another company if your site goes down you could lose business and if you have a business or personal site you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits at tidbits.com. It's a free weekly newsletter there you can subscribe to. It doesn't cost you anything. How many things can you get free anymore? Okay, so <laughs> Apple TV. I was speculating about ways Apple can improve the Apple TV to take it away from the traditional streaming set-top box motif. Do you think Apple might say something about it at WWDC? No. All the reliable... Rumor sources uh, seem to indicate that they're they're not doing 
anything of that sort at WWDC. It's all going to be focused on iOS 8, primarily uh, Mac OS 10.10, which, uh, you know, that's a little disappointing, but you know, I, I think we should see something in the fall. I think the um, Amazon's lit a, lit a fire <laughs> under the uh, the Apple TV team, so uh, hopefully they'll have something out soon. I just don't think we'll see it at WWDC, unfortunately. If there is a developer-related aspect, I think you would. So, for example, if there is a developer API, which in that case, maybe not, because Apple TV, the developers would be content providers. But the iWatch, if there's going to be an iWatch, you would think there would be specific apps and opportunities for specific apps. More to the point, if Apple were to give you a preview of an iWatch at WWDC, there's no product to kill the sales of. Mm -hmm. Well, I... Everything I've heard, there's, there won't be any Apple TV, no iWatch, WWDC. But, but who knows? I mean, there might be something there under, um, under NDA that they don't have in the keynote. Uh, I, I kind of doubt that, though. I, I think, you know, Apple does. Any major thing that they're going to release, they'll surprise everybody, including the developers, except for maybe just, just like a few choice partners. But, um, you know, Apple want to keep it under their hat, whatever it is. Only if... They're not going to have the mention of a developer API because even if it's under NDA, the word gets out. This way, Apple has control of the message. And remember also with the iPhone, for example, it was revealed six months before it came out because there was no previous version to worry about. With an iWatch, here's something we're working on and we want you developers to get involved. You make a big thing about it. You know, yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly just what the heck they're working on. I, I think it'll probably be a surprise for everybody. Uh, I mean, you know, they've done that in the past where they pre-announced stuff, but it's it's pretty rare for Apple nowadays. Um, and they already have uh, people trying to beat them to the uh, the punch on the on the watch front. And they may not even be doing a watch anymore. You know, who knows? Um, so uh, we'll just we'll wait and see. I don't. I really have no idea what they're cooking up. Um, I, I do think they're working on some kind of wearable. I, th I think it probably is some sort of watch type device. But I, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, but the, the 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 reliable sources right now, you know, the the good money is against anything Apple TV or, or iWatch um, at WWDC. So how does Apple surprise us? We expect iOS eight, maybe some health and fitness apps or some kind of central app for health and fitness related stuff mm -hmm. they talk about a flatter interface for 1010 kind of reminiscent of ios 7 okay mm -hmm. but how does apple amaze us so far this is nothing new i i don't think wwdc will be for that i mean i'll think you know i don't know what, what's coming in ios 8 um there's some things i would like to see but i don't know if apple will ever do those um, as far as 1010, I, I, I think it seems like 1010 will be the big thing. And, and, and it, I, I predict a radical overhaul of the look of OS 10. Um, I think that's part of the reason they're, they're opening betas up to whoever wants to be in them because they want a lot of testers on this. They don't want what happened with iOS 7 to happen here. They, you know, they want to work all, as many of the kinks out during the betas as they can. I think uh, the the new all the new hardware stuff we'll see in the fall. We'll see, uh, you know, iPhone six, um, maybe a new iPad. They may wait a while on that. Um, but I think if we're going to see an iWatch or a new Apple TV, then we'll probably just see those in the fall. Okay, so we look at OS ten ten. We have the flatter look, and somebody 
has shown that we may already have seen that flatter look in the latest version of Xcode, which has a flatter look and feel. Mm-hmm. Give us an idea. Now, the feeling here, and remember, we're dealing with stuff here that has not been officially released. We'll know about it in, you know, less than four weeks from the time you hear the show. We'll know exactly what Apple's doing. But a flatter look and feel is easy to visualize in terms of what an artist can do. But having that, what else does Apple do with OS 10.10? Because the look and feel, all right, well, it's still going to work the same. It's just going to be different color icons, Mm -hmm. different buttons, that kind of thing. I think it'll primarily be a a uh, an appearance thing. I the reason for that is, I you know the, the you know the, they're kind of on the um, you know the old joke about Microsoft takes three tries to get anything right. Well, Apple's with OS tens always had that that three that three version cycle, right? Like for instance, the one we're coming out of now, you know, uh, Snow Leopard uh, was uh, was a very solid release. And then they came out with Lion, which changed up all this stuff and really ticked off a lot of people and had all these bugs. And then Matt Lion fixed things. And with Mavericks, you know, they, they've got it more or less uh, polished, right? So I think with 10.10, I think once again, they're, they're going to you know go back to the start of that cycle. We're going to have a totally different looking OS 10, and that's probably going to turn some people off. It's probably going to make some people mad. I'm probably going to have a lot of angry emails. Well, um, you know what? People are still mad with Lion, Mountain Lion, and Mavericks. Oh yeah, yeah. I still get, I, I have people every day who are running 10.6.8, and they're they're wondering why we aren't covering it more. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, we'll probably be hearing from those people for a long time. It's like the XP of of the Mac world, but um, not quite. There's a reasons <laughs> for. People run 10.6. Number one, the hardware is a dead end. It won't run Lion, Mountain Lion, or Mavericks. Number two is Rosetta. And I think if Apple really wanted to get those people off 10.6, those who have the hardware that's capable, they'd bring back Rosetta if that's possible and say, all right, here it is. We'll bring it back. So this way you can upgrade. This way you can still run your PowerPC apps on an Intel-based Mac. No, won't happen. I don't think it'll happen either, but it's a thought that seems to make sense from one standpoint, mm-hmm. except that Apple is the kind of company that doesn't look backwards. They figure, look, eventually these people will buy new Macs. When they buy new Macs, they've got to get with the program. They can't run those old apps anymore. They have to buy new ones, and that's it, and that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the problem is desktop operating systems have matured, right? You know, for, for a lot of people, XP is all they ever needed. And they may have older hardware that that they don't feel like upgrading. Also, as 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 crazy as that might be, you know, same thing with ten. You know, for most people, for a lot of people, ten six eight is uh, is perfectly fine. They don't need anything new. You know, I I, I think for that reason, I think uh, wherever the last version of Mavericks is will kind of become the new ten six eight because I think a lot of people like I don't like that look. I, I hear from people every day who hate the iOS seven look, and they uh, they probably won't upgrade to ten ten. I don't know what they'll do. Um, They'll probably run Mavericks as long as they possibly can, um, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I don't think they're going to do a lot of uh, under the hood tinkering. I think that's what Mavericks was kind of for to, to get those optimizations in place. I'm sure they'll have a few, but I think the I think the main thing will be will be do, you know um, focusing on the look. And besides, it'll be a free update, right? It's going to be totally free, um, just like Mavericks was. So I you know if it is just cosmetic, who cares? You, you didn't pay for it, you know. Um, and and that'll ha- that'll mean fewer bugs, you know. They have to work out, and then you know w- once they get the look 
hammered down than 10.11 uh, or 10. whatever the next one will be, they can start adding more stuff again. But I, I think this will primarily be a cosmetic overhaul. I'm just wondering here whether Apple will have an OS 11 or it's going to be 10.12, 10.14, So they will have to change at some point, right? It's the, the version numbering scheme. They may just drop the version numbers. They may say, it, it's OS 10. You know, then maybe they'll have a code name. It's OS 10, uh, you know, Sahara or, or uh, OS 10 uh, Yucatan. Well, that's you know, what they're doing whatever. now with Mavericks, OS 10 Mavericks. But some people are wondering 9, what will the name of 10.10 be? And we'll speculate about that in a moment. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. 
act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits, and we're talking about the possibilities of OS 1010. Now, one person said, and, of course, they're using California place names. How about Yosemite? OS ten Yosemite. And I think, you know what? I'm an older guy. And when you say Yosemite, I think of the cartoon character from Warner Brothers, Yosemite <laughs> Sam. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to take that as something funny. Maybe. No, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Mavericks is kind of a weird name, right? I guess if you live in California and you care, it's not. I mean, like, I'm looking over some of the trademarks that Apple has uh, has been sna- has been applying for, and that's Yosemite Mammoth. That's a funny name too, and Diablo, which is not only a funny name, it's also the name of a game series by Blizzard. So, <laughs> OS OS 10 Diablo. I don't I don't really get the California place names. I think they're kind of odd, but you know, it, it's an excuse to have a pretty uh, wallpaper, right? Um, and, you know, yeah, Gruber was talking about Yosemite being the code name for 1010, and you know, Yosemite is a big place, right? You know, and so if this is going to be a huge, massive overhaul, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, that that's that seems right to me. You know, I mean, so maybe it'll be Yosemite. Maybe you know, who knows what it'll be? I mean, we know they have the trademark for it, so that's uh, it, it. It seems pretty likely. Yosemite Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all I think of is Yosemite Sam and the late Mel Blanc doing the voice, <laughs> and that doesn't make it for me, man. That doesn't make it. Okay, so iOS 8. Mm-hmm. What does Apple do next? We think they're going to do a lot of refinement because we got the impression with iOS 7 it was a rush job. It was kind of thrown together, a little bit unfinished. By the time we got to 7.1, it is more finished. So does Apple give it a little bit more spit and polish? 
Yeah, I I think that'll definitely be on the agenda. You know, we've been hearing about this health book thing uh, that supposedly will integrate with uh, the iWatch, and uh, that was reported by Mark German over at Nine to Five. He's he's usually pretty reliable, so um, that that seems like something Apple would do. Um, uh, one thing I would like to see better in-app communication, uh, or, you know, or communication between apps. Uh, you know, I'd like to be able to, you know, share things. You know, Android does this. They have uh, what's called intents. Yes. And so, like, you know, you look at a web page, you can click share. You, you can send that to Evernote. You can send it to the Twitter client of your choice. You can send it to, uh, you know, another browser. You, you, can send, you can send things between apps however you please. Uh, I really wish Apple would allow that. Um, I don't know. It depends on how much, I guess, how much money they're getting from partnerships, right? Like, uh, you know, how much is Twitter paying them? How much is Facebook paying them to to be a sharing option on on the iPhone? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the business arrangement is there. Um, but I I, w- I wish they would. I wish they would do that. I wish they would have some way to access um, files um, that isn't where everything isn't locked up in a silo. But I'm, uh, you know, maybe like maybe some kind of support for tagging. You know, because in, in Mavericks, uh, you know, if you have a file in iCloud, you can view it from other apps by tagging it a certain way. So, you know, maybe they'll bring that in. I've heard rumors, uh, for, you know, again, from Mark German, who's usually pretty reliable. You know, I've heard I've heard talk of bringing text edit and preview to the to iOS, which um, which would make sense because, you know, both of those apps can store things in iCloud, but you can't access those in iOS at all. But you know, at the same time, I'm also thinking, okay, well, why would I have, why would I have or use text edit on an iOS if if I have pages? You know, maybe maybe they replace the Notes app. Maybe they say, okay, Notes is going bye bye. Notes is now text edit, and maybe they ch- kind of change the focus of that app on both Mac and iOS. Um, preview, I, you know, I would love to see. Actually, I'd love to see preview on um, on iOS because it's it's such a powerful app, and there's so many things it does. That I mean, like the, I guess the the quote built-in PDF reader in and it's not really built-in in iOS right now is iBooks and it's it's really not the, a great PDF uh, viewer. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, because like if you have Preview, then why have a Photos app? Maybe they replace the Photos app with Preview, and maybe uh, and maybe now instead of you know opening Photos, you open Preview and you you see photos and documents in that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know quite where they're going with that. Um. Yeah, I would say right now to me is is a bit of a mystery. I haven't heard, you know, the the biggest rumors I've heard are you know are the you know the health book and text edit and previews. I think a lot of the ho- low low hanging fruit is gone too, right? I mean, like a, a lot of the features uh, people are wanting just aren't there. I would love to see better uh, copy and paste. I like to see better text selection because I think Apple still does that better than anyone right now. But it still it still sucks. It, it's it, you know you, you try to select um, just one word or sentence in a paragraph, and it just insists on selecting the entire paragraph or the entire thing, and and uh, it's it's very finicky and it's very hard to be precise with that. So I would I would love to see um, an improvement there of some kind, um, but from what I'm hearing, and this is kind of strange. From what I've been hearing though, ten ten's going to be the real focus, and and iOS eight's kind of going to take a back seat to ten ten. Which is interesting because the iPhone is such a bit larger market for Apple, and and they have so much competition there. And then, uh, and I also heard like Apple's going to push a lot of the 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 features for iOS eight to eight point one, which to me that that just seems strange. I'm not sure why would they, they would do that. That doesn't seem like something they would do. But um, 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on internally. There, there may be so much steam behind um, the new Mac OS that that they, you know, for once they had to put iOS in the back burner. And you know, for the most part, iOS is, is pretty mature, right? Um, it's it's Mac OS at this point looks kind of dated, you know, with all the Chrome and all the you know the the shadows and and you know all these things that that you know after iOS seven kind of look out of place. Um, Let me just jump in here for something. A couple of things sure. actually. About iOS 8. And these are things Apple has needed to do for a while. Number one, the file system. Because right now, each app owns its own files. But mm-hmm. that doesn't make an awful lot of sense, especially when you have Office for the iPad. You have Pages. Mm-hmm. You should have a central file repository and a feature privilege or whatever in the sandboxing system so each app can access a central point of a document. And the reason you want to do that is because of resource efficiency. Because if you have two different apps Mm -hmm. with the same document separate, which means, of course, that the versioning gets messed up, you're using up more space. Second, Mm -hmm. for the iPad, being able to run more than one app at the same time, switch back and forth among documents. You could do that on a 9-inch Mac back in the late 1980s. Yeah. You should be able to do that, to have multiple app and document support, especially now because you have Office for the iPad. It becomes an essential feature for iOS 8, not so much with an iPhone, Mm -hmm. but for an iPad, 100%, you need that feature. The file system is for both. But I agree with you that more resources might be being spent on OS 10, there are rumors, for example, that some of the iOS engineers were moved over. But I mm-hmm. think Apple could just hire more. They're big enough. They could, well, you know, part of the problem is it's, it's not even a question of money. It's a question of, you know, what are the developers wanting to work on? You know, there's lots of places they'll pay you a lot of money in Silicon Valley. And, uh, you know, and Apple has been having a hard time getting some of those people, you know, as opposed to like, you know, Facebook or Google or somewhere snatching them up. That's a whole different discussion. Um, yeah, I think they could make a lot of cultural improvements there, and and uh, you know probably get better at retaining talent. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what internally. Uh, I know I do know that their teams at Apple, you know, the internal teams at Apple are very small. You know, uh, you might have you know one or two people working on something huge, as is often the case. I mean, you know, for all we know, there could be like you know three guys in a room working on OS ten, and and one of them came from iOS, right? I mean, they have very small teams at Apple. Yeah, but not three guys in a room for OS ten. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> more than that. It's actually one guy, and he works overtime, a lot of overtime hours, <laughs> or fifteen <laughs> monkeys in the basement. You know, we was, used to what? have a joke years ago that the New York Times is being put together by a thousand monkeys working full time in the basement. Don't ask me where that led. <laughs> or even if people care about the New York Times, do they care about the New York Times anymore? The newspaper of record, the most yeah. prestigious newspaper on the planet. Do we care about that? Except for the Times of London. You know, I always thought when I was a kid, there was this newsstand in Times Square of New York City, several, where you buy out-of-town newspapers. And I'd be able to buy the Times of London there. And this, of course, is like the 1970s or 60s. Mm-hmm. Boy, have I gotten old. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we have Josh Centers of Tidbits. Go to tidbits.com. I don't know how old he is, but he's a young whippersnapper. 30, uh, almost 31. 
He's a young, very young <laughs> whippersnapper. He's only a few years older than my son. I'm very grizzled for my age. Okay, I'll take that. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm really grizzled. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 welcome back to the tech night owl live where you never know what's going to happen next and now here's gene steinberg On the Tech Night Out Live, two more segments with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books a little bit later, Peter Cohen of iMore, and he's going to have a lot of outspoken stuff to talk about. All right, <laughs> let's look at some other topics here, because as far as WWDC is concerned, we will know the truth soon. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned you have an article about it at Tidbits, something called Comixology. What in the heck is that? <laughs> okay. One of the killer apps for the iPad when it was released was um, this app, Comixology, which uh, it started as kind of a meeting place for comic book nerds, but it, it evolved over the past few years to become the digital storefront for like all the major and even a lot of the minor publishers in comic books. 
So on the iPad, you could open this one Comixology app, and then you could buy comics from Marvel, DC, Image, some of the smaller guys like Top Cow, and a lot, a lot of different little companies. Um, and they were all together in one thing, and, and you could read your comics in there. You know, you buy you buy them with in-app purchases, and, and read them right in the app. And they had a great interface for doing all that. You know, you get to the end of an issue and say, "Hey, you can buy the next issue. It's only two ninety nine. You click here." You know, I mean, it was the kind of app. That made you feel good for spending a ton of money in one go. And then Amazon bought them here just a few weeks ago. And within two weeks, uh, Comixology announced that they were um, getting rid of in-app purchases. And presumably the reason for that is because Apple takes a 30% cut on all in-app purchases. And you know Amazon doesn't offer Kindle books for sale through their iOS app for that reason. They own Audible and Audible, you know, even though one time they offered in-app purchases for audiobooks, they pulled that. And now Amazon has done that with Comixology in record time. The worry for a lot of people is that because um, Comixology was kind of the, the saving grace of the comic industry, uh, which it's, it's it's been flagging for the past 30 years. You know, it used to be, uh, you know, you're talking about the newsstands and stuff. It used to be you go to a newsstand, you go to a grocery store, you go to Walmart and buy comic books. You know, you get X-Men and, and Spider-Man and stuff. Now, there's nowhere in my little town where I can buy a comic book. I can't go to the grocery store. You know, you have to go to a specialty shop. For various reasons, the the comic industry shifted toward that direct market where it relegates comics to to the little specialty com- you know local comic book stores and that, that put that put comics out of reach for a lot of people because you know most people aren't a lot of people are just leery of going to a comic book shop for one thing and also not every town has a comic book shop, right? So, I mean, just imagine if you had to go to a specialty shop to buy like an issue of People or Macworld, uh, you probably won't buy that many issues. So, uh, you know, Comixology brought comics back into the mainstream and it actually brought in a lot of new readers. It brought in uh, a lot of female readers, which historically comics, comics readers have been overwhelmingly male. But apparently like in 2013, I think like 20 percent of Comixology's uh, new customers were women, which is pretty remarkable because you could just buy them right there from the app. You didn't have to go to a to a nerdy store, you didn't have to, you know, you could read them on the subway and no one's going to make fun of you because you're just looking at your iPad, right? So it, it really opened up the comic market in a big way and really, and really, it, it kind of had a, a resurgence. And, and now that you can't, you have to go to the website to buy them. Like, you, you, in fact, there's not even a link inside the app. You don't even know how to buy the comics. You have to know to go to Comixology. You can't just get to the end of an issue and buy the next one. Now you have to go to the Comixology website. You have to log in. Uh, you know, if you haven't set one up before, you have to put like PayPal in there. Uh, you have to find the issue you want. You have to add that to your cart. You have to check out. There's just so much more friction that wasn't there before. And and the thing that worries uh, people like me is that it's, it's going to lead to a, a lot of, you know, a, a huge decline in sales. But the thing with Amazon, though, is that Amazon doesn't really care, right? It's like, okay, well, that's money that's not going to Apple. That's instead going to us. And even if it's a smaller cut, it's still going to us. And we don't care if we make money anyway. We've been around 20 years. We don't make a profit. You know, why should we start now? Like this, this gives, you know, and it gives them a huge grasp over the comic industry because the publishers were silly enough to put all their eggs in the comicsology basket instead of building their own solution or buying comicsology or uh, whatnot. So um, I don't think it's a good time to be in the comic book industry. I would be. I would be quivering in fear because suddenly they are at the mercy of Amazon. And and that's not a good place for any business to be in. Oh, boy. So that is a mess for 
comic book fans of all kinds. Now, I watch the comic book movies. We all do. Mm-hmm. On TV, one of my favorite shows is Arrow. Oh, yeah. Of course, is descended from Green Arrow. <laughs> and it's got kind of like a Batman-related aspect to it. Kind of a darker show. And just to show the resemblance, they actually have characters in there who are related to Batman characters like uh, Birds of Prey. And, of course, Raz al Ghul is mentioned, the main villain of the latest Batman series, mentioned there. They got the Flash, supposedly now a pilot, and they're going to have the Flash as a character next year. We got the new movies and everything. So, you know, a lot of good comic book stuff. The new Gotham Batman prequel in Fox. Have you seen the, uh, the new Captain America movie? I haven't yet. Oh, I, I just saw it this weekend, and it, it's awesome. It's it's up there with Dark Knight. It's really good. Well, I think one of the reasons is that for about a month, I was semi-disabled with this incredibly nasty gastrointestinal ailment. Uh-huh. I'm kind of sort of just getting back into the scheme of things now. It's on my list. But I didn't see the last Thor movie. I haven't rented it yet, and I will. I won't buy it, but I probably it's, it's will okay. rent it. You think so, huh? It, it's okay. Like the, the Thor movies, you know, they're fun, but they're not terribly memorable. <laughs> you know, I vaguely remember what the first one was about. I liked the first Captain America movie. I thought the Avengers was very well done. I also like the Spider-Man reboot, the Amazing Spider-Man. They've got a second one now, which only got so-so reviews. Yeah, I didn't care much for the reboot. Uh, it just didn't tickle my fancy. I think this guy is more of a sharper kind of guy, this Peter Parker, and the Tobey Maguire was kind of a nerdy sort of fella who gets his first experience as being, I'm a superhero, not just a nerd, whereas this guy was still the kind of big man on the campus kind of character, this happy-go-lucky character, even though he's got dark aspects to his life. And you see a totally different personality. But they also, I gather with the new Spider-Man, they overwhelmed it with villains because every film has to be bigger and better and more outrageous than the previous film. And that's not always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's all, that was the problem with the older uh, Batman movies, right? Is that they would cram too many villains in. Like, you just, you, you just need one or two. You don't need, like, 15 villains. <laughs> no, they go too far with the villains. And I think one well-developed villain is more than enough. When you start adding more and more of them, the film becomes overwhelming. It weighs it down heavily. And that's a problem, too. Now, I understand with a movie like The Avengers, we've got, you know, several superheroes, but they were still fighting a single threat. Yeah, I think that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. They're basically fighting Loki and, uh, and the aliens, right? Well, that's one thing the Marvel-produced movies have done have done a pretty good job as keeping the villains in check. There's There's been... You know, most of these have been like one major bad guy in all of them. So, um, you, you know, that helps keep the, keep it focused. And, um, you know, you, you add too many villains to the mix. It, they, they all get watered down like uh, Batman Forever. They had like they had so many villains in that. None of them were done very well. <laughs> it almost sunk the career of George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Batman, Batman and Robin. Yeah. That was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never gotten all the way through that one. It's it's, it's too awful. It really I, I was, it, but you have to look at the careers. George Clooney, of course, is his big, handsome leading man, and Chris O'Donnell is a TV star. NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. although that, that kind of hurt his career for a while. He, he kind of vanished there for 
for a little bit after that. Yeah, I think he does really well on the TV show. I think he's really good at what he does. And That's he plays show. well off his co-star, who is LL Cool J, the rap star. Mm-hmm. He appears in this TV show, NCIS Los Angeles, a spinoff from the original NCIS TV series. As I said, it's very successful. It's got a lot of good players in it, and it's a lot of fun. So there you go. So there's life. But nowadays, you know, movie and TV stars go back and forth between mediums. It used to be that a movie star coming to TV, that's kind of like a downer. Their careers are over. How could they do TV? And now you have TV directors and movie directors going back and forth amongst the mediums. It doesn't matter so much. We have Josh Centers joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy. So you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Question. 
Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. One more segment with Josh Centers of Tidbits, where his managing editor works with Adam and Tanya Inks. Later on, we have Peter Cohen of Imore. All right, let's look at one or two more things. Very briefly, very briefly, okay, the infamous trial, which you call Appsung. Yeah, the, the, the Appsung trial, is, as people are calling it, as the kids call it these days. There was a movie called The Never-Ending Story. <laughs> With Apple and Samsung, it's the never-ending lawsuits. Yeah. But the jury foreman in this case, who works for IBM in the patent arena, and I guess I think he knows a lot, and I think they were really smart in giving Apple 5.5% of what they asked for, which was absurd, $120 million or so, that's enough. He Apple said wanted, Apple should be going after Google. Yeah. What, what do you think? I think that's true. I, I think it's a cold war, right? Like, I mean, the, let, let's be honest. Apple, I mean, yeah, they're annoyed at Samsung because Samsung just shamelessly rips off everything. But really, who Apple's mad at is Google. But I, I think they're kind of afraid of Google because Google has a huge patent portfolio. Um, they have a lot of money. You know, that was just just as much money as Apple does. They have just as many lawyers. Um, Larry Page is every bit as crazy as Steve Jobs ever was. It would be a nasty fight. I mean, you know, the Apple and Samsung stuff's been nasty uh, enough as is. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's my guess, but you know, I'm not quite sure why they haven't just gone after Google directly. And I'm sure there's probably some pertinent um, business reasons. Uh, you know, maybe they think uh, Samsung's an easier target. You know, because I mean, really, the thing is, Apple here wants to send a message. They, you know, even if they only want a you know a relatively paltry uh, 120 million dollars out of the the two billion they wanted, um, it still sends a message. It says, you know, if, if you copy our stuff, we're going to make you spend a lot of money on lawyers because we can afford to spend a lot of money on lawyers. We we have 150 billion dollars in the bank. And we're not afraid to just waste it. Uh, just, just to make you miserable. So, you know, I, I think that's the important thing for Apple here is because, you know, they they want to send potential copiers a message. But at the same time, you know, I don't think Google cares. I mean, you know, I, you know Samsung will pay the $120 million, no problem, you know, assuming they don't 
they'll fight it. They uh, are going to fight it. No, of course they are. So um, the, I think the whole thing is just kind of silly. I mean, I understand Apple's frustration. You know, Apple's uh, always had that, you know, they've always been ripped off, right? You know, they, they developed the Macintosh, uh, Microsoft ripped it off. They developed the iPhone and Google rips it off. But but here's the thing is, is that, you know, karma always comes around. You, you know, for instance, you, you know, uh, Microsoft got big because they ripped off Apple, right? But, but... Now, what's what's Microsoft's curse? They come to market with things years before Apple, and then Apple takes those ideas, they put a little spit polish on them, and they become huge hits. You like, know? like tablets. Tablets, smartphones. I mean, Microsoft was there first. They had Windows Mobile. They had the first, you know, touchscreen smartphones. You know, they had the first tablets. And, well, for, for you know, first mass market tablets, and, eh, no one cared. And then Apple's like, okay, well, we took out half, you know, most of the features those had, and we made them simpler. And, oh, and people are, like, lining up money hand over fist, and Microsoft's struggling. So, you know, it, you know forget the lawsuits. Karma will come around. <laughs> Karma will come around to, to Google. It'll come around to uh, to Samsung. You know, uh, maybe that's a little too mystical. But, you know, that's, that's just how things tend to work. So you think eventually Samsung has to suffer. I mean, right now they're sort of suffering. Their profits are flatter going down. Those high-end smartphones don't do so well. They make a lot more volume sales from the cheaper smartphones where there are no profits. So yeah. Samsung is not doing so great right now. Well, well the problem is is that Android has commoditized much of the smartphone market. So now, you know, now smartphones are just like being in the TV business. Unless you're Apple, you know, people will pay more for that Apple brand and, and for that Apple quality, you know, which and Samsung's just never had that. You know, I, I've never bought a Samsung anything and thought, you know, this is premium. You know, I, I've bought Samsung TVs and other things and thought, this is good for the price. You know, but it's... Samsung isn't the kind of brand that you traditionally, you know, pay extra for, you know, not the same way Apple is. And also, I mean, if you just compare the Nexus phones next to the the iPhone, and, and the Nexus is nice for, you know, compared to most Android phones, although, you know, I think HTC uh, and some other, and uh, even Motorola makes make better quality stuff. But, but nobody's um, buying them, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you check out the Galaxy. To me, the Galaxy feels cheap. It feels like a little cheap. Easily breakable piece of plastic. <laughs> it's pretty sturdy, but I agree with you. It feels chintzy, and then the same is true for the current one. And the improvements they made, Samsung, were ridiculous. Okay, you have a 5-inch screen on the Galaxy S4. You have a 5.1-inch screen on the Galaxy S5. Supposedly, it's brighter in sunlight, which is good, because the previous one was miserable. But they've got a fingerprint sensor. Why? Because Apple had a fingerprint sensor... But wait a minute. At least Touch ID on the iPhone 5S mostly works. Not perfect, mostly works for most people. The fingerprint sensor on the Galaxy S5 doesn't work for most people. Never worked, I think, for the guy from the New York Times who reviewed it. I think Walt Mossberg of Recode used to be with the Wall Street Journal and all things D. Now he's got Recode which sounds like something else I don't want to get into. <laughs> Ricola. No. Anyway, <laughs> it's a dumb name, Walt. I like you, Walt. I've had you on the show, but I think it's a dumb name. Okay, he'll never come on the show again after this. <laughs> All right. But it didn't work for him either. So one of your most important features doesn't work. At least Apple Maps, as buggy as it was in the first iteration, it worked. The fingerprint sensor. 
on the Galaxy S5 for most people does not work. What's Samsung's excuse? Well, you know, this is this is part of my problem with the Android world in general is that people are like, look at all the these extra features the Android phones have. Look at all the extra things you can do. The iPhone can't do half of that. But then you actually look at those features like fingerprint sensors and these and like location scanner and all these random things they put in Android phones and most of them don't work or they don't work well or they're they're very hard to use correctly. The the thing that Apple does that no one seems to get is that they may they focus on just like one feature, you know, they, they don't care if they're behind but they want to make a feature that anyone can use. You know, and I don't have a phone with Touch ID yet. But when I was uh, when I was at Macworld, you know, I saw a lot of people using Touch ID, and it was just like, okay, you just tap your finger on the home button, and your phone's unlocked. You know, just just like that. You know, sometimes you might have to do it twice. You know, it's not perfect, but for the most part, it's it's t- it's technology that anyone can use and anyone can grasp. And you know, I've, I've seen. I'm guessing part of the reason is patents. I'm sure you know Apple bought the the one company with the. You know, the fingerprint scanners. We got to um, wrap up in a minute, so let me just summarize it. Sure. They bought Authentic, a Florida company. Yeah, now, Authentic. Right yeah. now, Touch ID doesn't work for me because I have a cut on my thumb, and mm. that cut prevents Touch ID from working. So for a while till it heals, that's where it goes. Okay, Josh Centers, where do we find more about the things that you do? Uh, you can uh, check me out at tidbits.com. Uh, you can read my book, Take Control of Apple TV, at takecontrolbooks.com, or you can follow me at Twitter, at jcenters. Boy, all those places. If you want to <laughs> find everywhere. Josh Centers, you can't miss him. Everywhere oh, you want to be. And even places you didn't. You never know. <laughs> Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, Gene. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Mother's Day is right around the corner. If you haven't ordered your Mother's Day flowers yet, make sure to visit ProFlowers.com for an amazing deal. ProFlowers has a Mother's Day special for radio listeners. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. And if you want to make her day even more special, upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Mom will be so happy when she unwraps her beautiful bouquet of blooms, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. Each time she looks at her Mother's Day flowers, she'll think of you. But hurry, this deal expires soon, so make sure to place your order today. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com radio right now. 
and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W, proflowers.com slash radio code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com slash radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. For our second half of the Tech Night Isle live this week, we have Peter Cohen from iMore, which is a terrific place for tech information. Thank you very much. Okay, so last year we had this story that Apple pulled engineers off OS X to help with the refashioning of iOS for iOS 7, although some people felt that it wasn't quite finished. Maybe they should have pulled more engineers off it. This year, there's another rumor, Peter, that the reverse is happening. And that means that they're taking engineers off iOS to do a refashioning of OS X. What's the scoop? Well, look at it this way. Last year, the people got pulled off um, because last year was a major year for iOS. You know, iOS 7 was arguably the OS 10 rework of iOS, right? It was it was as significant as, as jumping from, you know, Mac OS 9 was back in the day um, to OS 10. This was the same sort of thing for iOS last year. It was a major rework of the operating system, both superficially, both in terms of how you look at and interact with everything, but also under the hood, you know, there, were, there, there was a lot of, of rework. So maybe this is 10.10's year, you know, for Spotlight. I think that that's uh, what we'd like to infer anyway uh, from the idea that Apple's pulling 
people away from iOS to work on OS X. I'm not sure that that's really what it means, but that's what I, I'm sure people would like to infer. Now, the question I have here is, with all of Apple's resources, why can't they just hire more engineers? Well, you know, too many cooks spoil the broth. All right. You know, Apple can, but it likes to make sure that its, men, its engineering teams are flexible and can work on different things when they need to. And let's face it, there is a lot of shared experience uh, between iOS and OS X. The engineering behind what makes the operating system run is exactly the same. You know, so there's a lot of shared experience there. Plus, it's in Apple's interest to develop a common, a common metaphor, common user experience between iOS and OS X. You know, I always hear people who use, have used OS X for a very long time sort of dramatically envisioning this iOSification of OS X. Like, everything's going to be like iOS. No, it's not. No, it's not because they're different devices and they're used differently. But in, in many cases, it makes sense to make that experience as seamless as possible. My bet for uh, the 10.10 is that we're going to see an interface rework. I think you and I have talked about it before on past shows. Exactly. Now, somebody took the flatter look of the latest Xcode developer tools as maybe an idea of where Apple might go with changing the interface of OS X. But understand, it's already undergone migrations and different ways and simplification. So you have the original Aqua of 10.0, and they very slowly, gradually simplified that, taking out some of the excesses. That's so, right. So this would be maybe a much larger change from version to version, but not out of the spirit of what Apple's been doing. No, not out of the spirit of what Apple's been doing at all. So this will be a very interesting year, I think, to keep uh, our eyes peeled uh, to what's happening in the OS X space, because I think it's going to be, be a big year for, uh, for OS X. Okay. By, yeah. by the way, the, uh, those developer tools, I don't think you even need to look that far. I think if you want to watch, if you want to see what a flatter interface is going to look like on your Mac, all you have to do is just pull up iCloud.com in your web browser. Actually, you can do it from a PC, too. You know, okay, that's a very simplified interface, but if you're interested in, you know, what flatter icons and, and flatter design elements are going to look like, they're all right there. Plus, they're elsewhere, too, you know, like in Calendar for Mavericks and, you know, the way that Maps works and so on. It, it, all, it all makes sense from a visual consistency standpoint. Well, I guess if it looks closer to iOS, at least the visual cues are going to be similar even if you interact with it differently. The visual cues will be similar even though you'll interact with them differently. That's exactly correct. Hey, you see? There we go. I like being exactly correct. It happens once every 12 years if the clock has stopped. There we go. All right. Other than the look. I'm hearing clicking in the background. Sorry, I've got a pile of stuff right next to the mic. Okay, so unpile. There you go. There's actually... When we talk about making noises before the mic, I was told when I went to broadcasting school that you don't want to make any noise. You want to be very quiet and everything. And so I don't like jiggling papers and all that stuff and handling stuff like that. It's amateurish. I know some broadcasters do that to make it seem as if they're really working, but it doesn't sound that way. And anyway. I always preferred the beep, 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 beep in the news programs back in the 70s. Oh, boy. I never did that. I was doing news programs in the early 70s. I never added the crazy beeps. Oh, come on, man. The crazy beeps are part of the experience. Well, I wasn't with a rock station. That was part of the problem. Okay. 
looking at OS 10.10, which we assume the version number will be unless Apple gets into something else. We have yes. the revised look, the flatter look, whatever. What else would Apple do? What else would Apple do with 10.10? Yes. Uh, well, I think it, it, that, um, uh, it, you know, 10.10 isn't in need of as much work as, say, Apple's entire cloud strategy is sometimes. Well, that we can have another discussion on. But they did a lot of under-the-hood work for Mavericks. So 10.10 is arguably, if they had the resources, what they might have considered last year to go along with iOS 7. But regardless of that, what other things might happen in 10.10? What other features? Because Apple has to give you 200. <laughs> Apple does have to give you 200. Well, there's going to be little stuff and there's going to be big stuff. But what I'm talking about is Apple's integration into um, iCloud. You know, Apple's got to continue to make uh, um, uh, OS 10 more seamless with cloud services just in general. Um, just to make it easier for people to, 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 to have an invisible user experience between all these different devices, right? You know, erasing that line between, you know, where the iPhone starts and uh, where the Mac begins. And I'm not talking about on a visual level like we were before. I'm talking about in terms of the transfer of data between the two of them. Okay. So that's still kind of like an under-the-hood kind of thing. That's absolutely an under-the-hood kind of thing, you know, so that, that I think we'll, we'll continue to see. Other than that, you know, optimizing for core efficiencies, improving uh, overall stuff, I don't think that there's a, a secret formula that um, Apple's going to have this year that's really going to blow us away. I think that the big star of the show is going to be um, uh, that, that improved seamlessness transition between iOS and OS X. Now, Mail got in for its share of criticisms because of bugs. Which oh, the I whole get. thing. The whole sure. thing. I mean, Mavericks was just ugly from the start. Okay. You know, there's a lot of under-the-hood stuff that, that never should have gotten uh, out the door with Mavericks. And I think the same with iOS 7. You had said that when we were talking about iOS 7 a few minutes ago. That, right? Yeah, sure. That it had a little too much, mm, a little too much unfinished but to your point, absolutely, mail has been one of the biggest bullseyes um, in Mavericks in terms of really problematic user experience. It's just been nightmarish for many users, including me. What issues do you have with mail? I have mail quitting. I have mail not responding until I force quit it and restart it. Sometimes I actually have to restart the Mac in order to get mail working again. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then, um, you know, initially just trying to get it to integrate with Gmail uh, mailboxes was nightmarish, too. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work the way that it was supposed to. It wouldn't work even if it had worked um, in uh, Mountain Lion. I think the issue here is that Apple changed things that didn't need to be changed. You know, like there's one stupid thing that Apple has done or a pair of stupid things because it relates to account creation and mail. You used to be able to go into the preference panel of mail and reorder your accounts, change the order. Now you have to physically do it from the sidebar. But if you make any change in any account that requires it to be saved, you click save, it reverts the order again. What's the point of that? I'll ask you for the answer in a moment. Peter Cohen joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 9121595 A little over a year ago I began to do a lot of research into why even though I had a pretty good sized meal that I was still starving and my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On the Tech Night Out Live, Peter Cohen. He's from iMore.com, a long and distinguished career in the Apple-following universe of tech journalists. Okay, so you heard the point that I made about moving the order of your email accounts and making it rigid in the mail preference pane. Why do you do that? Uh, you know, I wish I knew. It's like taking functionality out of something. And it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, for example, you want to delete an email account. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in the past, you just select it, click the minus button. Okay, you want to delete? Yeah. Now what it does is it opens up system preferences. So now you have your internet accounts listed in the internet accounts preference pane. But it's like, why can't you just delete it from mail? Why does it have to take you back there? I think maybe Apple thinks it's making it simpler, but no, it's making it harder. Yeah, Apple is making it harder and unnecessarily so. But, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a forest through the trees sort of thing sometimes. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, this isn't the first time we've been through this cycle before. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll undoubtedly happen again. Let's just hope that they get it fixed once and for all with 1010 so we don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. Now, understand here, I have tried a lot of different email clients. I've tried Thunderbird, which gets minor updates these days, doesn't get the emphasis it used to. I've tried Microsoft Outlook 2011 for the Mac, which I find very, very nearly unusable, incredibly slow to download messages. Really bad, really badly designed. It's got some good ideas, but they need to clean it up, get rid of all the cruft, whatever. I've tried lots of different email clients, and despite the flaws, I go back to mail. Because it's the least irritating of all of them, which is damning with faint praise, I gather. Have you tried any of the other ones, like airmail? Yes, I don't like it. It just doesn't do things the way I like. There's no comfort level with it. So I've tried a few. I've tried a couple of others. And at one point, I was writing some short manuals for a company that provided hosted email services. So I wrote up how to set it up in different email packages. And none of them really were that good. I just think that somebody out there has to rethink email and come up with something that really works. And maybe the others work for you or somebody else. But right now, as I said, mail is the least bad. <laughs> yeah, and that is certainly damning with faint praise. So if you're designing mail, you're a member of this expanded OS 10.10 .10 team, is there something you'd like to change? Is there something that I'd like to change specifically, like my pet peeve? Sure. My pet peeve with Mavericks? Mail, um, mail specifically. Oh, with, with mail in general? 
mm-hmm. just to, I, I, it's, it's nothing than what I wasn't saying before, improve reliability. I mean, stuff just doesn't work. You know, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a hot mess. So it's a matter of just cleaning everything up, making things that should work properly, really do what they're supposed to do. It's just a matter of a back-end cleaning up of all the stuff that's buggy or slow or causes it to crash, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that we're due for any major interface, you know, uh, rework for, for mail. I mean, mail is mail, right? There's only so much that, that you can do with mail that, that is, is going to make your life useful. So it's, it's got to be under the hood stuff. Absolutely. Let's move briefly to iOS 8. Okay. So with iOS 8, there's already speculation about what Apple might do one of which is to consider some kind of health-related or health and fitness-related app or system of apps. Do you think that looks possible? Yeah, we've read all about HealthBook, you know, the um, sort of companion to, to, to Passport uh, in, in a way. I mean, Passbook in a way. Um, uh, but... Uh, I think it would be a natural progression, but I also think that you've already got that um, uh, technology embedded right into iOS 7, and we're using it, you know, in many cases with, without even really being aware of using it, you know, with the iPhone 5S and the M7 coprocessor. You know, Nike Plus Move sits on my phone. I installed it once, you know, months and months ago when it first came out, and it collects all the information I need to know about, you know, how much I've moved today. You know, how much uh, distance, duration, uh, important information for uh, understanding and monitoring my health. Um, so that's, that's just been a very natural progression in the way that this technology works. So I, maybe, maybe I'm in the minor- minority here, but I don't think that um, it's any secret that that's um, uh, going to continue to evolve as we get new versions of iOS. Now, when we have a situation here where iPad specifically is become more of a productivity tool, we have productivity tool, we have Office for iPad now, shouldn't Apple allow for a central document repository rather than having each app own its own collection of documents? That gets to be wasteful of resources, doesn't it? Well, it's interesting that you should bring that up because my colleague at iMore.com, uh, Renee Ritchie, has written on this very subject. You know, and uh, he thinks very strongly that there is a need for some kind of more sophisticated way of accessing your files than you really can now uh, in iOS, that it really kind of gets in the way of the experience. Um, so I, I would agree with both of you. I think that it's an important thing. You wonder why Apple hasn't done it already. I understand they're heavy in the security issues. Unlike Android, which is, you know, is riddled with security problems, Apple has taken many steps to really harden iOS against security. There aren't that many problems. Well, You could be able to handle files without causing problems. We, and Renee's brought up the same point. You know, it's it's true. There are ways that you can compartmentalize it to uh, reduce the likelihood that anything's going to go wrong, for sure. But that's only come with time, and it's come with understanding a better, uh, I, I think, in a better way of how people would like to use their devices. So, um, you know, sometimes it just takes 
whatever company is working on that, in this case, it's Apple, uh, a chance to figure that out. You know, it, it'd be nice to see. I don't know if it's going to be an iOS 8, you know, or not, but it would be nice to see. Now, the other feature is multitasking. And I think if you have a 9.7-inch screen, and you consider the size of the original Mac screens from the 1980s, the compact Mac, which is, what, a 9-inch screen or something like that, which far lower resolution, shouldn't you be able to have more than one document on the screen at a time? You're using Office for iPad, after all. Yeah, as a multitasking device, it kind of fails. I mean, have you ever tried to copy and paste anything in iOS? Yes. It is an exercise in frustration. Frustrating indeed. You know, there are things that we do trivially on the Mac that are still difficult to do on iOS. And conversely, there are things that we do on the Mac that are a lot more complicated than they need to be that we do much more elegantly in iOS. I think it kind of cuts both ways. That's my theme of the day. Okay, so I was thinking here, if Apple were to do this, it would be only for iPads, because it makes no sense, whatever, on iPhone. But that's fine. Allow that to happen, because you're considering this as more and more a productivity product. And I think the arrival of Office for iPad made it more important for Apple to consider this. I think you're right. I think that you're 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 absolutely right. You know, the interesting thing that that I find about um, uh, the iPad especially is that it doesn't seem to follow. Um, at least, this has been my experience anyway. And I admit, I'm just drawing on anecdotal um, stuff here, not any sort of deep analysis of this. Is that people don't replace their iPads the same way that they replace their Macs. Uh, or their iPhones. Has that been your experience, Gene? Well, there's no reason to replace it unless you want something that uses a newer operating system and you have the first-generation iPad or it's a little bit slow for you. That's the only reason you're going to replace it because that thing can theoretically run for many, many years. You see, with a normal Mac, at least the older Macs, you have a mechanical hard drive. The hard drive is going to fail eventually. There's going to be various and sundry reasons to update. But even then, it might be five, six years before you do. But when you buy an iPad, that thing should work perfectly 20 years from now, assuming there's an operating system that continues to function normally. We've got Peter Cohen. He's from iMore.com, a site for tech information. We've got more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Contact me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. mbrower at gcnlive.com. That's mbrower at gcnlive.com. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're covering various sundry Apple issues here. And you were mentioning here about the replacement cycle of the iPad. And I gather you're saying it is something that is less apt to be replaced than a Mac or an iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, they're first of all, they're very well-engineered devices, you know, compared to some of the crap that's on the market. That's, of course, Apple's specialty. And uh, plus, unless you have the iPad 1, the first-generation iPad, the original iPad... You've got a device that's supported straight up until the modern day. So there isn't an overwhelming reason for you to, you know, have to replace it with something newer. iPad Air, iPad 2, they both run iOS 7. And for that matter, the iPad 2 was only discontinued a few months ago, you know, and replaced with the fourth generation iPad, which is now Apple's cheap iPad model. It's just an interesting exercise in product refresh and... You know, it's something that that Apple was criticized for this previous uh, fiscal quarter because iPad sales dropped. What did you think about the way that that was spun by Apple, that a lot of the difference was not actual sales, but supply chain metrics, that the inventory last year was set up differently to make up for pre-orders of the iPad mini and all that stuff? Well, it was kind of, you know, it was a kind of a funny thing to hear a corporate executive say, but I think I understood the sentiment, basically, that, hey, things aren't as bad as they look. Apple didn't deny that they lost share in, in this particular quarter, but what they're saying is, wait a minute, you got to calibrate your expectations a little bit. This is about how badly we should have done, you know, and this is about how badly we did do based on what we told you, you know, was going to be the situation, it was just kind of a funny message from a CEO, and you don't usually hear Tim 
deliver that kind of preamble, uh, that sort of explanation, uh, before he starts taking questions from from analysts. So it was it was kind of an interesting turnabout this this quarter. Okay, but let's look at this here. What does Apple do to jumpstart iPad sales? I think that um, one solution might be to have a device that requires a software upgrade in order to get to. The trick is going to be make it compelling enough um, in the software to make them jump. Um, You know, I, I, I don't see that happening this year. Well, I think that's the point also here is that if the replacement cycle is less frequent on the iPad, there's going to be more of a point of saturation. You have to say, how big is this market? How many people out there are going to buy tablets? And also, what about these other tablets? Where do they fit in? Because most of the tablets out there that are getting all this market share, it consists of cheap $50, junk boxes. That's right, yeah. Very low, uh, low margin products. So the premium tablet, like an iPad, there really aren't that many from the other companies, at least comparatively speaking. And they don't all sell that well, although I guess it's hard to get real sales. We have to, for example, with the Amazon Kindle series, we have to kind of guess or infer from their sales reports how many they actually moved. Yeah, the difference between sell-in and sell-through is what we're talking about here. Sure. So, absolutely right. Do you think Apple should consider as has been rumored, a larger iPad, like this alleged iPad Pro for 12.9 inches. I think even the Wall Street Journal had something on it, and we kind of assume the Wall Street Journal is credible. It's not always true. (laughs) It's true. Um, Yeah, you know, I I don't understand why I would be overwhelmingly compelled to get that versus getting um, a a, a 13-inch MacBook. Uh, that's my own personal, you know, uh, perspective on it. Uh, but people would like a larger sized iPad as well. You know, there's, there, there's a market for, um, larger sized and even completely oversized touch interfaces. You know, Microsoft's proven this with surface devices, but nobody buys them. Yeah, but they've proven that they, that, 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 uh, that it's marketable. It's just Microsoft, you know, can't market anything. See, kind of think here, if there was proper marketing, there would be specific uses, not the same quantities as the Mini or the iPad Air, but they could sell a few million of them. I think you you have to look at it in aggregate quantities, right? You know, because certain devices are only going to appeal to certain classes of customers. The same person who might want an iPad Mini is not going to get a full-sized iPad. The same person who might get a full-sized iPad or... Um, uh, you know, uh, 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 v- vice versa with, with a larger sized iPad. So is there a market for it? Yeah. It's accretive to whatever they're selling now. So it makes sense to, uh, to, to tap into it. And nobody else is really selling anything for them. So it, it's, it's, it's a new market too. So do you think Apple will address it? Yeah, I would like to see them do it. We'll go for there. Of course, it follows then, what about the larger screen iPhones that have been rumored? Right now, all the rumors are centering on a 4.7-inch iPad 6. 
and maybe a 5.5-inch version to fill the phablet market, which is like part tablet, part smartphone. And I guess they're very popular in China, and Apple wants to conquer China. You know, that's exactly right. A lot of people, and not just in China, a lot of people in the world, this is something that, that I don't think that we're, I, I mean, I've, I've seen people using the oversized devices, but there's still a very small chunk of the United States market. Um, it, they do sell in decent numbers worldwide, though, because they're many people's primary computing device. Um, you know, they don't have a computer to go to. They don't even have a full-sized iPad to go to. They've just got whatever device they've got in their pocket um, to interact with in any meaningful way with the Internet and the world at large. So these devices have a market. You know, it's a market that makes sense. Um, I, I would like to see Apple differentiate this year's model uh, just in size, exactly like they did it with the iPad Air and the iPad Mini with Retina Display. You know, make the only difference... You know, the size of the device and the price of the device. That that seems to make sense from a product strategy standpoint. Don't you agree, Gene? Well, I think there'll be natural hardware adjustments, maybe a faster processor, other improvements, maybe better camera, that kind of thing. Just natural things, not revolutionary, but natural evolution of the product. But the larger screen, yes, it would be debatable whether I'd want one or not. But I kind I would of expect a lot of people. Want one. Pardon? I would absolutely want one. Oh man, I would so want one. Well, there you go. So we're fifty-fifty. You know? I don't know. I mean, point being that I've used a five-inch Samsung Galaxy S4. I'm not interested in the S5 because I think it's a loser, especially with a touch screen with a fingerprint sensor that doesn't seem to work. But I thought it was a little too big. Now, Apple is probably going to make the 4.7-inch, assuming it exists, as compact as possible. So you do have the extra screen real estate, but Apple makes it more convenient for you. Yeah, and this is the trick because um, getting any larger than the iPhone uh, 5 already is isn't going to be the width of your thumb. It's going to require a slightly different way of you know, holding your hand, as you know, from using larger devices, Gene. So it, it becomes a complete user experience sort of change in the way that you use the device that uh, um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it gets compensated for in the operating system and with applications. And if Apple goes the 5.5-inch route, how do they explain it to people after talking for so many years about the fact that the smaller form factor is more convenient? How do they explain the larger form factor? <laughs> and this is something we're going to have to listen to, but Tim Cook, we understand and we realize now, knows how to spin. He knows about the Yes, spin. he does. He sure does. We have Peter Cohen. Joining us, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. For 
first game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today, April 21st, 2014, gold opened at $12.98.80. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for $13.46, $6.73 for a half ounce, or $3.36.50 for a quarter ounce. That's $13.46, $6.73, and $3.36.50. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Mother's Day is right around the corner. If you haven't ordered your Mother's Day flowers yet, make sure to visit proflowers.com for an amazing deal. ProFlowers has a Mother's Day special for radio listeners. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. And if you want to make her day even more special, upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Mom will be so happy when she unwraps her beautiful bouquet of blooms, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. Each time she looks at her Mother's Day flowers, she'll think of you. But hurry, this deal expires soon, so make sure to place your order today. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com radio right now and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W, proflowers.com radio code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So when they introduce the next iPhone with the expected larger screens, whether there are two models or just one, we know that they will figure a way to explain its existence. We're pretty sure that Phil Schiller will deliver the presentation, the demonstration, and he'll give you all the answers you need to know. Now, obviously, Apple hasn't dismissed the idea of a larger iPhone. They've said their trade-offs in battery life, picture quality, that kind of thing. So Apple merely has to say, we solve the problems. Here it is. <sighs> batteries. Yeah. What about batteries? Batteries. Batteries are going to be a problem. Batteries are already a problem. You know, the Retina MacBook Pro, the MacBook Pro with Retina display um, that Apple's transitioned the entire MacBook product line to, except for one measly exception, the entire top case needs to be removed and replaced uh, if something goes wrong with the battery or if the battery needs to be replaced. The entire p top case of the device does. Doesn't it stink that you still can't easily swap out batteries in uh, Apple products, Gene? Doesn't that just stick in your throat sometimes? Well, I haven't run into situations where I need to replace batteries, but I understand your point because of the fact... You seriously, you've never had to replace a battery? Not on an iPhone because I tend to trade up. You know, I sell the um, old ones and I get a new one. And so I haven't had a battery replacement yet, no. I have a slightly older iPad, a third generation model. I kind of expect that one eventually is going to need a new battery because we'll keep it. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I talk to a lot of uh, people who come into the, the store that I work in. I work in uh, an Apple authorized reseller on the weekends. And I get a lot of people coming in with iOS devices that have funky electrical systems, batteries that need to be replaced or stuff that needs to get uh, swapped out in order to work right. It's always interesting to me to see uh, because some people have problems, and it's funny because some people seem to have chronic problems, uh, and others do not. Like me, for example, I make every laptop battery I've ever used explode. Well, maybe you're generating too much static electricity. That's it. Sometimes I, I wonder. Sure, because I think I've replaced the battery on a MacBook or the predecessor of the PowerBook maybe exactly once, and it was a defective battery. My son had to replace the battery once on his MacBook. It's a 2008 black MacBook he received as a graduation present. Since then, everything has been replaced on it. And we even had to have Apple grant us an extension to replace yet another problem the last time he was in this country. But so we had the three-year Apple Care, which really extended to four years by the time we replaced everything. But it's not just Macs. It's not just Macs. A lot of iOS devices need to be serviced because not everybody trades up like you do, Gene. A lot of people hang on to their stuff for two years or three years or however long they can get out of it. And that stuff stops working right in, in larger quantities the older you get. My trick is that I sell the old device. If you sell the old device, say, two years old, you normally get enough money from it on the used market if it's in really good condition to cover all or most of the cost of upgrading. So upgrading does not, as a practical matter, cost me anything. I have the same wireless contract with AT&T. I guess 
I guess I'm cheaper than you and my use case is different because I'm the father of three children. So we exercise sort of the trickle-down approach to economics in this house, which means that if I buy one product, they're usually using the product in a year or two years after I stop using it. So, so you can get four years out of something. For a family on a budget, you know, swapping out the battery versus swapping out the phone or even trading up makes a lot of sense. Now, if you go into the store, say we go to your store in Massachusetts, and we say, Peter, okay, this is an iPhone 3GS or an iPhone 4. Battery is shot. What's it cost, $100 and change? Yeah, we don't actually service them. So I turn away. I, should, I shouldn't say that I help a lot of customers. I turn a lot of them away um, because we don't actually service the iOS uh, products. Um, except for warranty swap outs and stuff like that, but nothing to do with the phone at all. Okay, so that would go like to an Apple store. That would go to an Apple store, exactly. And it's funny because Apple seems to be stuck with it because you know what? Even if you bought your, your phone at the Verizon store or the AT&T store, they don't want to talk to you for any service stuff. That's between you and Apple. That's your problem, not theirs. Okay, so if you don't have an Apple store in your neighborhood, you just send it to Apple and they'll take care of the service. Well, that's assuming that Apple wants to take the product back. You know, they need to be able to, tr- to trace the product in their system. I actually had a, an iPhone 5 model that I needed to swap out last year, and it became complicated by the fact that it was purchased online through Apple's online Apple Store, and that I was trying to return it to, not even return it, just swap it out with an Apple brick-and-mortar and retail store. Well, there's a company online, there's something called iPodBatteryDepot.com. Not an advertiser, I have no idea how good they are. but they will take care of replacing the battery for you. Yeah, I mean, there's a thriving market for this. Heck, you can go down to your local shopping mall and get it swapped out in, you know, 15 minutes, you know, at a kiosk in the mall someplace. Okay, for example, an iPhone 5 battery with their professional installation, it's $54. Right, and that's about, you know, half of what you might pay from somebody who's, you know, got a real business about this, not somebody who's just running a, a, a kiosk at the mall. This is somebody, you send it to them, they have service people, they have a warranty, you have companies like that where you can replace these things and not pay an arm, a leg, and a foot. I think $54 to replace an iPhone 5 battery. And I think those are getting almost old enough where maybe some of them require a battery at this point. I think that's a pretty fair price. If you can I get think it, it's a pretty fair price too. Sure. As I said, I just discovered this online. I have no idea how good they are. You know, I'll ask listeners. Maybe that's the point, too. If you have dealt with a third-party company to replace a battery on an iPhone or an iPad, let us know who you dealt with, what kind of pricing, how they were, what kind of service they offered, and we could talk about that because I think it's a good idea. I think also as a rich market for that kind of thing, and it lets Apple off the hook. It lets Apple off the hook because, yeah, exactly. It's, it's more convenient to, to do it with somebody else than it is to do it with Apple at that point. Sure. And if you live in a big city, there might even be one in your city. You can go to, your, here's my iPhone. I'll pick it up tomorrow morning. Got the battery. Here's $55, $60, $70. I'm happy. You're happy. We're in good shape. Where it really costs money, of course, is if you have to replace things other than the battery, like the display. That's a big expense. And that's something that happens quite frequently. And I don't think it's any fault of Apple's. I don't think it's bad engineering on their part. I think that, you know, Gorilla Glass is excellent, you know, and uh, uh, and so on. But people do get careless with these things, and they end up shattering them. That's why it's also helpful um, to consider supplemental insurance when you buy a phone. Apple has its own Apple Care Plus program, 
that'll extend the warranty out a year, and it'll make you pay on a per incident fee as well. But, you know, depending on your credit card, depending on the credit card you use, there may be replacement insurance, depending on, uh, uh, or depending on where you buy it from, you may be able to buy supplemental insurance. You know, the carriers offer it. Um, some stores offer it independently. It can be worthwhile if you know you're going to break something, but it's always kind of a crapshoot. You know, well, am I going to treat this well enough and then I'm going to regret buying it? Or am I bound to break it because I'm inevitably klutzy? And that is an existential question that we as the consumer constantly have to ask ourselves. We have Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. one 888 912 1595
There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Peter Cohen joins us. We were talking here about iPhone repairability, that kind of thing, and maybe wishing that Apple would make these things easier to service. I think it's criminal that you can't replace RAM on so many Macs anymore. I mean, you oh replace it. Sure, you know, you have the Mac Mini, you can do it, the 27-inch iMac, but not the 21-and-a-half-inch version. You could do it on the Mac Pro, but not on the portables. <sighs> yes, I am with you there. I completely agree. That's uh, something that uh, gets my goat as well. And, and that I love the product otherwise. You know, that this product is almost without flaw. It's so perfect at what it does. You know, but it seems like, with very few exceptions, Apple's making it harder and harder and harder uh, to get inside your Macintosh at all to do anything. You know, it, it, the Mac Mini is great. You just unscrew the bottom and you put more RAM in. The Mac Pro is great. You just twist it in place, pop the cover off, and then you can snap more RAM in. The iMac is pretty good, too, because on the one you can replace memory, you just flip a cover and there's your memory chips. Very Yeah, easy. the 27-inch iMac specifically. The 21 and a half, forget about. That makes no sense. But Apple's laptops have become black boxes. Exactly. You look at this deal. Okay, for $899, I can get myself a MacBook Air, 11-inch model, 128 gigabytes solid-state storage, plus four gigabytes of memory you want to change that good luck you have to oh, buy the more expensive model i suppose there are third parties who know how to cut and paste but i wouldn't want to do it yeah well the the, the problem here like with the macbook air and the problem with the macbook pro with retina display is that the ram is soldered directly onto the motherboard there is no way to access ram on this thing so um you can't just depopulate the motherboard and put in higher density ram chips you know, the, these things are engineered way beyond anybody's practical ability to do that stuff. It's not like you um, take the soldering gun and you just play with it. It's not like you would. It's not like anybody would. I mean, other other laptops from other companies have ex some sort of accessible RAM. Um, so, and even Apple's MacBook Pro from 2012, the MD101 model, which is their 13-inch model, priced at $1199, you know, that that model has can be disassembled it's not user accessible 
you know, there's not a trap door that you can flip like there is on the iMac. But uh, if you want to have it serviced at uh, uh, an authorized service place or if you want to take it apart yourself and take your chances, you can do it. And you can add more RAM. You can replace the hard drive. But Apple has engineered itself away from being able to do that uh, with the latest generation of products that, that are out there. Do they think they're giving you more reliability by making it so difficult to service it yourself? I think what they're doing primarily is just taking dimension away from the device to make it as thin as possible. They decided that that, that upgradability wasn't as important as, say, being able to shave a height off of the unit and shave weight out of it and reduce its, uh, its power profile and just make it more efficient. I guess they probably surveyed customer reactions and the way customers handle it. And maybe only a small percentage of people even ever upgrade their computers. So why cater to the 5 or 10% who do? Is that a logical point? That's very true. You know, the people who complain about it the loudest are also in the minority. It's not reflective of the way that people actually use these devices. So it's sort of like, you know, wanting something that you... Um, you know you can't have for no good reason. I mean, how, pra- practically speaking, how many people are really going to be uh, pushing their iMac past the point of needing 8 gigabytes of RAM? Some are. There's certainly a use case for it. Hands raised right here. Right. If you're doing any kind of audio engineering, if you're doing any kind of video engineering, if you're doing any kind of uh, high-resolution artwork, if you're doing a, a lot of things that you do with a Mac... In that creative market, you do. But as a consumer electronics device, Joe Sixpack, who's buying a four gigabyte MacBook Air or his wife or, you know, for their kids or whatever, their use case for these devices is completely different. It runs iTunes great. It runs the web great. It runs uh, email great. It does everything that, that those people need it to do. So we've got to have the foresight to say, all right, before it leaves the factory floor, it needs to have, in order for me to use it, eight gigabytes of, 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 of RAM on a MacBook Air instead of four, or you know, 32 gigabytes of RAM on an iMac, and just bite the bullet and pay Apple to do it. You know, that's the only option that's open to us, unfortunately. Doesn't seem to have hurt sales, none. That's precisely my point. Making products that appeal to consumers, not appeal to specialists. And look what Apple did. I think with the MacBook Air cutting $100 off the price. And the MacBook Pro with Retina Display had a price cut in the last iteration. Apple is slowly moving it into the more price-sensitive areas of the market. And I think sales are going to grow. I'd like to see them do that with the iMac and maybe the Mac Mini. Bring it back from $599 to $499, the original price. That's where Apple could really boost sales. People don't care about the Mac Pro. We expect it to be expensive, and it's still cheaper than any competitor. What's more, Apple can't make enough of them. You know, they're still back-ordered a month for them. Right. And if you look at the prices, I mean, I saw this comparison for the Mac Pro where they tried to build a homebrewed version with the high-end Xeon processors and the Fire Pro graphic cards and all this stuff. Even the home-built version where you buy all the parts yourself is still a couple of thousand dollars more than a fully outfitted Mac Pro. Interesting, isn't it? And if you try to match that Mac Pro with a comparable workstation from Dell or HP, the Mac Pro is still cheaper. 
But that's been true for a while. People don't mention it. It's true. Apple has the reputation for having the more expensive product. But if you actually take a look at it, the company's been very disruptive on price a few times. The Mac Pro is a practical example. People haven't been able to get near that kind of horsepower for that kind of money, uh, even on the PC, as you just pointed out. But um, uh, when the iPad first came out, it was the same story. You know, people were guessing that the iPad was going to be an $800 device. Some people guessed it was going to be $1,000. Uh, when Apple pulled uh, the uh, the curtain back, showed you the iPad, and then announced that the price is going to be four ninety nine, that cost caused gasps in the audience. I bet Samsung gasped because right A now the only way gasped. to go against Apple is to sell cheap gear, and cheap gear means no profit. Apple still has great profits. In fact, their profits went up in the last quarter. That is, yeah, that is correct. That's something that was easy to overlook from all the doom and gloom about iPad numbers. But Apple killed on iPhones. And Apple did very well. Apple outpaced the market on Macs, too. Outpaced the PC market, I mean. For 30 out of the past 31 months, the Mac has outpaced the PC. The Mac grew. The PC as a whole declined. And what Apple did, I think, with the MacBook Air, even though it's a very, very minor refresh... Very minor, you'll not know the difference. That $100 is very important because according to one of the surveys I read, the most important price structure in notebooks is the $500 to $1,000 market. That's where the most volume is. By Apple entering that at $899, suddenly they're in the sweet spot. Yeah, they're at the upper end of the sweet spot, but they're certainly in it. You know, what it does is it moves the 11-inch uh, MacBook Air into Ultrabook range, which is where it should have been in the first place. So nice to see Apple getting it there. Uh, I think that Apple is going to sell a lot of them at that price. But the other thing to remember is that in that price point, in that $500 to $1,000 price point, there are machines that, uh, compared to the, the MacBook Air, are going to appeal to a lot of people. You know, the machines with 15-inch uh, screens you know, in some cases. So the 11-inch MacBook Air is, is great for people who want it. Um, lowering the price is going to make it appealing to a larger group of people, but I don't necessarily think that the same person who would spend, say, you know, $500 on a laptop or $700 on a laptop are, is, are, are going to be looking for. It's kind of a specialized use case. I understand. We understand. We have Peter Cohen for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE 
when you check out. Tired of taking handfuls of vitamin pills? Look and feel super with a great tasting liquid vitamin and mineral supplement called Passion for Life. This incredible one ounce daily drink can lead to better stamina and energy due to faster, more complete absorption. Passion for Life contains 135 all natural whole food ingredients. It's the best tasting, most powerful product of its kind on the market. Order now by calling 844-TRY-LIFE or find out much more about Passion for Life by visiting 844-TRY-LIFE.COM. 844-TRY-LIFE.COM. Mother's Day is right around the corner. If you haven't ordered Mother's Day flowers yet, visit proflowers.com for an amazing deal. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. Her flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com slash radio right now and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com slash radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. You have all seen and heard about the elements of the periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239. Research shows it's not just what you put in your body that counts, it's what you put on it as well. Why not use an all-natural, healthy, mineral-based makeup that actually benefits your skin? Once you experience the airiness and flawless coverage of Longevity Mineral Makeup, you will never use anything else. With Longevity, the perception of your complexion will be natural perfection. Animal-friendly mineral makeup at Mary Lou Health. That's M-A-R-I-L-U-Health.com. Or call 855-321-HEALTH. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Looking at pricing of Macs and getting back to iPads and iPhones. Interesting point here. In order to keep the price down of iPhones, for a while yet, Apple had been selling the iPhone 4. You know, the one with the antenna gate problem. The iPhone 4 from 2010, I believe, in India. I guess maybe some other places. Partly because it's cheap and you're going to an emerging country where people can't afford it. 
but supposedly now they've stopped selling the iPhone 4. Any reason? Well, the only reason for them to stop selling something is because that they're, they're not making enough money at it to make it worth their while. So does that mean in countries like India, the people who buy something like an iPhone, they consider it an aspirational device and they'd rather swing for more money and buy like an iPhone 4S? Or a Galaxy product, you know, or, or something with, um, you know, a different feature set. So as you say, it's a matter of sales and everything else, why they discontinued it. Now, that's an interesting point here. Let's look at the future. Assuming there's an iPhone 6, we expect the iPhone 5S becomes the mid-price model. What about the iPhone 5C? Even though it's perceived as a failure, my friend Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider did a lot of surveying, and he says, you know what? Maybe Apple didn't sell as many as they originally predicted, but they've sold plenty of them, and it outsells a lot of other smartphones. So what do you think? I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. You know? I Look, Apple's never been one to... Um, stop selling a product. Um, I don't think that there's room for the iPhone 5C in the U.S. anymore. I, it, 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 um, uh, at least not after this next product cycle. Uh, I'd be very surprised if it sticks around. It just doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense, but I, I could be wrong on this. Well, I understand that for a lot of months it was among the top three in sales at the various wireless providers. So it's not that. It, Obviously, it will depend on whether Apple perceives that there a market still exists for it. And if not, it goes. Simple as that. It becomes the free phone. You know, it becomes the iPhone 4S. Exactly. You know? it, 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 and then Apple can differentiate on colors and we, uh, you know, and, 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 and we'll all be happy because uh, uh, all of a sudden we get choice in the, the, the colorful low-end Apple products we can use. The iPhone 5C isn't an unpopular model. Uh, Daniel's exactly right. All right. So I gather from the pluses and minuses of what you said, maybe there's a 50-50 chance that the iPhone 5C will remain in the lineup after the next model changeover? Who cares? Who cares? Is anybody you know listening to this broadcast, um, do, do, do they care about the 5C? The 5C is there. It's just part of the background. It's not the feature phone. You know, it's not the it's it's not the the uh, the spotlight phone that we're all interested in. Um, so it can't be of any interest to anybody, right? Sorry, if it sounds like I'm uh, if if it sounds like I'm satirizing uh, a lot of the stuff that's been posted online, that's because I am. You know, it's it's the iPhone 5C is fantastic. It's a great phone. Sells in fine quantities. It'll 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 stick around um, on Apple's low end. Um, and uh, it, as long as Apple makes money on it, Apple's happy with it. And it becomes a free phone. Heck, what's wrong with that? My wife has an iPhone 5C. And I paid for it by selling an older phone. In fact, we sold several older phones, three or four of them, and got more than enough money to buy an iPhone 5C, an iPhone 5S, and we had change. We got change to keep. So if you really want to call me a cheapskate about the whole process, well, in that sense, I am. I've done that through the years where I sell the older iPhones. I have the latest and greatest technology to write about, but I don't pay any more for it. And that's how it goes. We weren't as wasteful as some people think we were. We actually were <laughs> able to have a couple of very nice takeout dinners for it. But she's happy with it. 
She loves it. It's fast enough for almost anybody. Yes, the iPhone 5S is a little faster, except for certain apps where it's a lot faster. Yes, the iPhone 5S has the Touch ID, but right now I have a cut at the top of my thumb, which intrudes onto the fingerprint. So I can't use the Touch ID fingerprint sensor, you know. Can't do you it. You scarred yourself. No, it'll heal. It'll heal. That's good. That's and good. once it heals, well, all I have to do is, if it still doesn't work, redo the Touch ID setup. That's that right. But you see, you can't do that on the Samsung. You've probably read this. The New York Times tested it. Recodes. Walt Mossberg tested it. The Touch sensor for fingerprint sensing on the Galaxy S5 from Samsung, their fingerprint sensor does not work. You heard that, right? What a surprise that is to anybody. It's got to be an embarrassment, though. I mean, you bring out this feature because you want to compete with the iPhone 5S. This is the flagship phone from Samsung. And what's the point of the fingerprint sensor if it doesn't work? I think HTC came out with one where it was under the camera in the rear. They put it in the most awkward spot possible. Don't these people test this stuff before it goes on sale? <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking. Yeah, well, you know, you look at Apple's products and, and you look at the competition and there's really no competition now, is there? You wonder why people buy the stuff. People do, but because I kinda... it's it, because it's good enough. I mean, it's the same reason why, you know, the the Macintosh way back in the day got beat by Windows. You know, Windows was crap at the time, but it was good enough for most people. That's a lot of the factor here, and a lot of the factor with Android phones is there are two factors here. One, it's good enough. I mean, it mostly works. Maybe more complicated to set up. Sometimes it's cheaper, so that's good enough. It offers a bigger screen. Maybe that's good enough. And because of that, people put up with the defects. Unless they, of course, spend a lot of time with an iPhone see that things should mostly work all the time. You shouldn't have to spend all this time with these crazy setups that you have to do with Android. Things sh should mostly work and do mostly work, and they're good enough for a lot of people. You know, the, 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 the aesthetic that drives the sale of... Uh, of Apple products is not necessarily the same as aesthetic of everywhere of, of everywhere else. A lot of people don't have the same needs that uh, iOS users do, or the same interests. You know, some people just want to have email on their phones. Some people just want to be able to play Angry Birds. They don't care how much they spend on it. They don't. The the the, the box itself is a mystery to them. And the software, the operating system software, iOS versus Android, couldn't care less as long as it does what, what they want it to do. That's the key thing here. As long as they do what people want them to do, they're going to sell. So, you know, I, it never fails to amaze me, though, like you're talking about with the, uh, the HTC thumbprint reader, uh, how, how wrong things can go in product development, you know, and how um, major features um, just aren't very well thought out. Well, you think if anything else is true, when you're using something like a fingerprint sensor, whether it's in-house people or a focus group, you test it with real people. Okay, let's try saying this up. Let's see what's involved. Let's see how it works with people's fingers, assuming their thumbs don't have little cuts on them like mine does. Point being here, see how regular people use it. And then if there's a problem, work it through. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of the things you write about? 
imore.com and on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. imore.com, one of my regular daily watering holes when I go Thank online. You. You're very welcome, sir. We also have a place you can find us on Twitter. We're Tech Night Owl. Once again, we're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also go to technightowl.com, which is our internet portal where you find out everything, our forums, our links to our other sites. And this weekend, we have a really interesting guest on our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. Our guest will be Lloyd Auerbach. He's considered one of the world's top paranormal investigators. We're happy to have him on the Paracast at Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. But right here, right now, on the Tech Night Out Live, Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.